0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. Welcome back to another episode of Shada of Philosophy. Today we have two excerpts in the same book of meditations, because I think in this section of book six, Marcus is dealing with feelings of impatience and anger when dealing with other people. And a lot of this book, as we said, is him talking, well, it's all him writing to himself, right? But a lot of it is him speaking to himself about himself, And then I think that that's sort of the more ethical self-cultivation angle of things. Then another part of this book, among others, is like him trying to be the best he can for and with other people. So again, we've, um, you know, I think exhaustively at this point gone over who he was from emperor to father to friend to student to teacher, right? So in these two excerpts, I think we create a nice balance between how do we make sure we're not, let's say, um, assuming we know something we don't. And then moving in the world like that? And then how do we also prevent ourselves from when we do think we know something, um, prevent ourselves from becoming impatient when others don't get it, right? So I think it's an antidote to impatience. It's some advice on how to be more helpful with people instead of hurtful or instead of angry even, right? Which is, of course, an internal state first, then we might express that anger in a way that's unhealthy. And I think it's, it's a nice balance of like knowing or being confident, which confidence is itself a virtue. So it is balanced, right? Um, so we're balancing maybe the arrogance of thinking that we cor- we can correct people all the time. And, and the sort of um, the other notion, the other side of that is like, well, I don't know anything at all. And I can't offer anything to the world that might be helpful, right? So on that note, let me go with the first uh, first excerpt here, which is number 21 in book six. So he tells himself, if anyone can refute me, Show me I'm making a mistake or looking at things from the wrong perspective, I'll gladly change. So this is also a great antidote to stubbornness, right? And I'm not sure, obviously, I didn't, you know, I didn't know Marcus Aurelius. And it's, I mean, I think you do get to know him pretty well the more you read this book. Um, I think he does mention anger a few times in here. He obviously did have a very, you know, a very powerful position. He obviously, I would say, was also very intelligent. Um, So I think this is a reminder to, you know, to be open to being corrected, which I think is something we all need at times, but especially those of us who might be on the stubborn side. For me, I know I'm stubborn. And I know I like to argue. I know I like to to think that I think about what I believe frequently enough that I, I can stand firmly in those beliefs. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. But as he's telling himself here, we shouldn't stand so firmly that we're not even open to moving. Right. So I think there's two states. So if someone is going to refute me or disagree with me, okay, cool. But then you have to show me. And then I have to be open to hearing how I'm wrong. And not only that, but I have to be open to observing you as you explain to me or show, show me why I'm wrong. And I think the key here too is that we change and we do so gladly, not like angrily or begrudgingly, right? So if you're someone who's stubborn, think about what he's offering to himself here. Or how can we cultivate a greater sense of openness to being corrected? I think one way to do this is to start asking people if you're wrong and doing so authentically and and like, you know, genuinely and listening. Asking yourself too. We, We can practice with ourselves as well think maybe for a little bit about some of your beliefs, maybe those that are important and just question them a little bit, or maybe those that are not so important, but just beliefs that frequently govern how you live your life, right? So, uh, uh, you know, for the quote unquote, small things. And I say quote unquote, because sometimes if, if we do small things every day, they're not really small things, right? We end up spending a lot of our lives doing what we might think of as small things, then if we don't pay attention to those small things, cause we're not open to, you know, using the quote here to hearing how they might be wrong or how they might be improved, we end up not, you know, being as happy as we could be or being as, um, let's say, creative as we could be. Um, but yeah, think about this for, for a second, right? What are some things or some assumptions you just have? Once again, maybe starting with some small stuff and working way up to some larger stuff. Can you show yourself you're maybe making a mistake? And I think this also pertains to some other quotes in here where he's like, don't think it shameful to ask for help. Right? So asking for advice too, I think is a part of leading a full life. You want to get different perspectives. And that again, is a great way to practice um, what he's saying here. Ask for advice. Oh, maybe I am doing this wrong. Well, thank you for showing me that. Let me try to make a change here. We could even, I think, add to, to gladly we could add gratefully or I'll gratefully change. I feel like for me, when I open myself up and someone shows me a new way of doing something, I'm like really grateful for that or a new perspective, right? So we're, we're thinking about not only like, oh, try this action, but also we're thinking of, hey, put on this lens for a second. See things through this perspective. When you read, for example, Ryan Holiday's book, uh, Ego is the Enemy, that's very much inspired by Marcus Aurelius, right? The, the obstacle in the way becomes the way. That's a perspective shift, So you maybe look at your life for a second. What are these obstacles? What are these things I'm perceiving as obstacles? Well, the first question might not be, how can they become entirely to my advantage? But the question to start off with might be like, well, what possible even small advantage could I derive from this obstacle? Which is to say, how could this help me develop as a person? How could this help me develop things and then offer things to the world that could be good How does it not just, how is it not just an impediment to to the things I want to do, the things I maybe more importantly um, should do? Right. So asking other people for advice, I think that's a good thing to take away from this quote as well. Right. But ultimately, the main point I think, especially in relation to the next quote, is do you have this posture, right? This posture of openness to being corrected, or let's say just for argument's sake, are you super stubborn? Are you not open to hearing other opinions? Are you super locked in your own ways of thinking? And working to alter that if the answer is yes for all those. So that's one side of the spectrum a little bit, right? Let's be a little bit less stubborn, a little more open. We're gonna benefit from that, I think. Now this one, I think it kind of pertains to this, this excerpt, this is number 27, still in book six. And this is also about how we view other people, right? So this could even be, who knows, maybe a perspective shift, ironically, after me encouraging you to shift your perspectives on when people like us in the last case, right? Someone looks at me doing something like, oh, this, what's he doing? He's he's going in the wrong direction. Let me offer something to him. Well, this is maybe when we're in that person's position and we see a friend or a family member or a significant other, let's just say, for example, really struggling with a task or doing something in our view in a way that's incorrect. But how do we approach that? So Marcus tells himself, how cruel to forbid people to want what they think is good for them. And yet, that's just what you won't let them do when you get angry at their misbehavior. They're drawn toward what they think is good for them, but it's not good for them. Then show them that, prove it to them, instead of losing your temper. So, This is when you are confident you know something, obviously, and you're watching someone else. I think we can interpret the word misbehavior in a lot of different ways, right? Um, But just for argument's sake, like, you know how to do this thing, and this person is just – in a literal sense, they're misbehaving, right? Like their behavior is missing what the correct approach is. Their behavior is missing the effective way of doing it. And you, again, are confident and ultimately – you want to offer something helpful, right? So as we said, I think in a, a few episodes already, the Stoics, among other philosophers like Socrates, did not think that people did things, or Did they did not believe that people did wrong things as a result of anything other than ignorance, right? So they people do the wrong thing because they just don't know any better. And then that's sort of where philosophy and good teaching and learning would come in, right? It tells us to pursue these things in this way. These are the right things. These are the, These are like at the very least, better ways to pursue them, right? So for me, this is like a great way to um, to understand how we might give other people advice. So the first part of, of today's episode was like, all right, how do we get advice? How do we, po- again, I posture, I like that idea a lot. How do we um, ask for advice? How do we cultivate openness? Why should we bother with that? Then this is like, okay, you're the advice giver, right? Well, don't get angry. That's number one right? Instead of losing your temper, he ends with that note. And like I said, anger comes up a lot in this book. So he might have been having like a rough couple days when he was writing this, right? Um, people don't know what they're doing or people are doing the wrong thing. Don't get angry with them. Right? As I said, I think the inner citadel by Pierre Hadot remarks really nicely on how Marcus emphasizes gentleness a lot, right? This is a, someone who is in a leadership role as we all are to, you know, to some extent in different ways in our lives. And we're all responsible for leading our own lives, Right? So that gentleness is something we should apply with ourselves and with others, of course, right? Um, And here I think, again, we're getting this idea of that stoic essential assumption that people just don't know when they're misbehaving. They either haven't been shown a better way or they haven't been shown a better way such that they were encouraged to learn it and actually adopt it, right? It's almost a little bit like I mean, it really is to a large extent, I think about teaching and learning. Being a Stoic, especially studying Epictetus as he did, who, as I said, Epictetus was a teacher who was really renowned, right? There's something to effective teaching. Teaching is an art in and of itself. Giving advice is an art in and of itself that you can train to be good at. You can develop the skills. And it's not just knowing the thing, it's knowing how to teach the thing. And I think as a teacher, right, or as a former teacher, the assumption that students aren't like deliberately bored, even if it's not true per se, is helpful. Right. Because usually I think you reach people more effectively with gentleness and kindness and comedy than with anger. Right. You you really want to reserve anger for when it's absolutely necessary. Right. Anybody who even works in like any type of field where you have to work with other people very frequently, I would suggest you try to adopt this perspective, at least to some extent or to a large extent, I would say even. Because if you're assuming people are messing up because they deliberately are trying to ruin your day or they just don't care, right? We want to fight some of these assumptions because ultimately they're going to damage us too. Because when we talk about people, we realize we are people, right? We realize we're a person too. So in a sense, we have to be careful that we don't start adopting the characterizations that we give of others. We can change those. We can shift those. I can't think of a more benevolent or a good or healthy way to be like an emperor or a ruler than feeling like this, that people genuinely want what's good. They just are not sure how to get there. So we have to think of that when we see someone, to use Marcus's word, misbehaving. They are drawn to what they think is good for them, and we can work to correct those thoughts for everybody's benefit. So I think these two excerpts kind of work together nicely. How do you guide others? How do you advise others? How do you receive advice? How can you be more open to growth and change based on the advice of others? And then also of course, how can you, let's say for lack of a better, putting it correct. Well, now the better way of putting it, how can you teach others or advise others without anger? Maybe a pathway to that is adopting like sometimes like ourselves too. We just don't know. And we had to take action because we feel like we have to, right? But it's cruel. It would be cruel to, uh, as Marcus is saying here, be angry at people or to forbid people from doing what they think is right. Instead, let's try to teach. So this is kind of like Marcus, the teacher in a sense, or encouraging himself, I think, to be a teacher. And again, adopt that gentle, kind, and understanding approach to why people mess up. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.